today we will be discussing the five crucially overlooked hiring questions. All right, so five crucially overlooked hiring questions. Uh, my name is Juan Kingsbury with Career Blindspot. So if you've listened to this, um, chances are it's because, or if, you're, if you are listening to this, chances are it's because you've hired someone um, and it's not going well, or you now have to replace that person, or you're avoiding that person and you don't know what to do. Um, but we've all hired poorly, and maybe you don't see it that way. Maybe you see it as it's their problem. Regardless, uh, what it boils down to is a square peg round hole situation. We've spent so much time on the peg or the person and what happens when we don't get it right, because sometimes we still do, you get low performance, uh, you're going to have to pick up the slack uh, and you know, not, you're not able to make time and get on more cahoots calls and, and videos. So uh, all the more reasons to, to hire better. But here's a, a, a difference of you end up having to manage, if not micromanage, versus leading. And leading is more of like trusting people to make their own decisions so you can make the decisions you want in the work you're doing. So we've hired wrong if we've had to do any of those things. And then if you are suffering the consequences of turnover, um, some obvious, you're losing time, you're losing trust, but maybe you're even losing business. And so those of you in the small business, um, that matters a lot. You're only one person. You still only get 24 hours in a day to sleep, uh, eat, go to the gym, hopefully, um, or whatever it is that you find a value and 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 uh, re-energizing. But every time you turn over, you're doing it again. So, do you want to get better at it? That's what these five questions or really five areas are about. So, if you want to hire smart, let's focus on these crucial questions, the benefit consequences of of each, and some prompts or some questions that. Uh, you'll be able to apply for yourself. Of course, if you have help or if you want help, I'm here or other people can help guide you. But for right now, um, I, I kind of nicened up this quote, hiring is easy. Um, it's hiring someone who is capable, thorough, and grateful for a job six months from now. That's the art. That's the side. Like you can give anyone a job. <laughs> the question is, are they the right person? Are they going to do your thing? And again, my name is Juan Kingsbury. I'm not kidding. Those are just my initials. So, you know, I'm having fun with it, but you, you got to rethink not just how you're going to hire, but why. And so uh, my business is career blind spot. I'm a talent strategist. I also have a podcast and do some career uh, guidance, but it's because I've seen so many people hire wrong or so many employees take the wrong uh, role. So that's why I'm kind of giving you a, a peek behind the curtains of, of my magic uh, um, or not so magic or not so secret sauce. So we've heard the square, uh, the term square peg round hole. Um, let's apply that. The peg is the candidate. They always look good. They dress up, you get their nice shoes for you, but the role is really the problem. You, yes, you should ask questions of your candidate. That's smart, but very often we're not really thinking about them in the job. Um, it, when, when there's actual problems or in this case, sparks flying in their face, does that suit translate? Does that polished articulation to your questions translate to the job that actually needs to be done? You don't hire people to interview. Well, you hire people because of a problem that is very likely to pop up every day that you need someone to handle. So the five questions are more about the position than the person, the person comes in still, but it's the position that we want to clarify. If you've ever hiked before, chances are it's been casual. 
And some of us like this crazy guy is considering hiking that entire mountain. That's a different hike <laughs> than just going up Camelback or South mountain. And so that's where these five questions come in the vital outcome. What's he trying to do? What are you trying to do? Are you trying to get up there and spend the night or just get up there and not die? Are you trying to bring a team of, I don't know, Americans up the, the hike that are, are amateurs and you want to keep them safe? What's the vital outcome of the actual mission or in this case job? Then there's the weekly activity, hidden maintenance, key communication and unique culture ingredient that we want to clarify. So just getting right into it uh, a few minutes in. Here's the five questions. If you stop here, you've learned a lot because you need to be clear on these five questions, but don't stop here and hear me out on why they matter. So starting on the top left vital outcome, what is the most important results or result? I just said the wrong word result. It's not plural in three to six months when everything's a priority, nothing's a priority. So if you want to hire smarter, be really clear on what's the output. And if you're not, and if you and your partner are unclear, well, guess what? You're aiming in two different directions. Number two, weekly activity. What must be done daily to achieve the vital outcome? Basically, number one is it's kind of like, think like sales. Um, it's not, we hire salespeople to make a hundred calls. No, that's the activity it takes to close the sale. So number one is the most important. Number two is where the time is mostly spent. And you know, I'm using sales, but let's say, uh, I don't know, uh, a landscaper. You're hiring someone to, to mow lawns for you or to fill in. Vital outcome is that they do the job, uh, um, uh, they do the job uh, on time and provide great service and blah, blah, blah. Weekly activity is it's actually mowing the lawns, drawing, driving to the place, uh, doing all the activity to be successful. It's the output, not necessarily the ingredients. Hidden maintenance. This is a curveball. What knowledge and tools um, do they have to keep up on to drive the vital outcome? The homework. No one ever comes by and says, hey, good job for that thing that we never saw you do. And we don't even notice that you're not doing it. But the thing is, Think like the Michael Jordans or the superstars at work. They're doing a lot of behind the scenes stuff. And then there's other employees that they're pretty good, but they're, might, they're kind of missing something. It's because they're not doing that important stuff that's not necessarily urgent. And usually it revolves around uh, studying, learning, continuous education, certifications, uh, extra mental training or tools. Again, going back to landscaper, think like... Uh, Making sure your lawnmower is oiled and has gas and, and properly stored. You don't have to do those things, but if you're really good at providing that great service, you do your maintenance, you do your homework. And then number four, key communication. What key parties must be effectively communicated with to achieve the vital outcome? In jobs, you got to talk to a lot of people very often, or maybe sometimes very little. You know, you're working from home, there's one person. Regardless, there's probably another human being or two or 20 or a thousands that require you to achieve the vital outcome. So like in sales, it's a customer or more importantly, new customers. If you're just answering the phone and your job is business development, well, you're probably not really talking with the key parties to grow business. And then lastly, unique culture ingredient. Now this one can get really empty really fast, but it's not like, we work hard or grit. I mean, you can say that, 
but it doesn't tell you anything. Do other companies think, no, you can't work hard or you shouldn't? Here's how I uh, elaborate or, or define it of what's the company or leadership deal breaker? Like, I'll be silly here, but let's say your organization is all vegan. Maybe you don't want someone bringing their meat lovers pizza in. Probably not legally <laughs> you're allowed to, but what's the ultimate deal breaker where if one through four were crushed, if this person wasn't, I don't know, in a line with some moral views of the company, um, if was was just way off base on something that was a deal breaker, like get ahead of it. And that's going to help you predict not necessarily the future, but ideally, if we had the right person, they're going to fit these five questions. So let's break it down a little further. The vital outcome on the left, what we have is a picture of a piece of fruit. I believe it's an orange. The orange is the point, not the seeds, not the water, not the soil. Those things matter and you got to cultivate it. But if you've done all that stuff and you've not gotten an orange for your crop, you've probably not made your boss is probably disappointed in you. That's what we want to be clear on with every job you're going to hire for. What is the most important result? What is the tangible thing that needs to happen? If you're not clear on that and insert criticism here, most of you who have turned over are not clear on that. Um, it's like, well, I want sales. I want an upbeat person. That's not what you hired them for. You hired them, let's take let's, uh, uh, Disneyland or a theme park. You didn't hire an upbeat person to smile. You hired an upbeat person to provide a magical experience to these people who are paying thousands of dollars to bring their three-year-olds who won't remember the experience. I say that because I was trained by Disney. You are providing a magical experience. Every cast member, that's the vital outcome. That is the fruit that must be born um, of the, the labor. You do everything right, your clothes is pressed, et cetera, but customers are unhappy. The guest, no, they don't call them guests, the, the, the park goer, they don't call them that either, but I can blank. And if they don't have a magical, like, magical experience, that's on the cast member. And so we have a problem. So here's some other questions. You know, this is five questions, but we're going to dig a little deeper. If you're trying to answer this for yourself, think of the position. Is it sales? Are you looking for an assistant? An assistant's a broad term. Are you looking for someone to just get you coffee, do your scheduling, or be your right-hand person? The vital outcome is very different in all three of those. You get to pick. But if you're not clear on what it is, don't expect the person that you hire to be. So become really clear on what is necessary, what fruit needs to be born. The subject matter experts will debate, meaning maybe you have a partner. And they disagree that, you know what, you don't need a executive assistant. You need like a go-to person that's going to juggle all the stuff that falls through the cracks. You can trust them to make decisions when you're on vacation, vacation uh, at Disneyland, having a magical experience. Well, maybe you disagree. It's good. That's a trusted person. And if it's not met, consider the worst. What's the worst thing that's going to happen if you don't get your salesperson? or you don't get your, um, your assistant, your project manager, or whatever it is, your babysitter, that's the vital outcome. Babysitter, keep the kids alive while I go to the movies. <laughs> you know, like if you're not that clear, 
Don't expect the other person to stay consistent with what you need them to do. If you've ever taken an assessment or use them in hiring, the good news is you can assess for or start to um, anticipate what the vital outcome reveals. So for example, motivators, most sales jobs is about closing business, maybe creating new business or growing existing accounts. You can assess or even just change your question to the candidates. Like, does this person actually like money? You know, who doesn't like money, but does someone really, ex are they really excited to, to try to upsell someone or are they afraid of it? Well, if the vital outcome is so vital, you want someone who's really interested in growing business. You can, you can again, screen for that in the interview, but you can also assess for that with the motivational tool. Now, a little uh, caveat, the disc assessment, Enneagram, Myers-Briggs, 80, 90% of assessments don't measure this. You want to be clear on the motivational metric because if that's the most important thing in the job, you probably want someone who finds that most important for them to solve. So I'll circle back to that uh, towards the end. But if you're not clear here, the rest of this is a waste of your time. So if you're a small business person and you're hiring, you're not hiring people for their resume or for their interview. In fact, you want to do that less. You're hiring them because there's a regular problem that's in your business. That's a good problem, chances are, but you need someone else to solve. Be really clear on what that is and who you reward for doing that. Weekly activity. So if we're clear on the vital outcome, everything now becomes a lot easier to answer because now we know the destination, the end goal, the address that we want to arrive on the GPS. Weekly activity is, well, what do we have to do every day, every week to actually get there and achieve that vital outcome? So vital outcome sales, keep kids alive. Weekly activity is entertain the kids, make sure they eat, you know, don't let them do backflips off the pool deck. Um, sales is make a hundred calls or follow up or answer, like be clear on that. And so on any given day or week, this person or this role, if they're trying to get to that vital outcome is doing these activities. What is the biggest regular, what's that word? What is the biggest problem to solve? Um, I think I meant like consistent, you know, there's always, uh, um, random stuff that pops up, you know, we didn't really count on the, the pandemic in 2020, <laughs> but for the role itself, um, what's regularly going to pop up that kind of playing in number three, other people have struggled in be clear on that, that, Hey, that's the job. And so if you're clear that, Hey, we know what a typical day looks like good news for those of you who do like disc Myers Briggs, et cetera, this starts to paint you a good picture. So for example, let's go back to uh, sales. If it's a sales job where you're just answering, I shouldn't say just, but you are taking calls, all your customers are calling you. Um, then you just want someone who's outgoing, but pretty patient, not having to pick up the phone and, and quote unquote, bother other people. But if you want someone to develop new business, um, then you need someone who's okay with getting rejected and who's going to be actively looking for every uh, um, uh, uh, low-hanging fruit opportunity. Still sales, but slightly different. And so now your disc style, Myers-Briggs, et cetera, can start to predict, oh, that person is wired for that. Like, for example, going back to Disney or even like a, a Walmart greeter or grocery store greeter. 
what kind of person likes to stand in front of the store and smile and be polite for four hours a day, six hours a day, a certain disc style? Anyone can do it, but who wants to do it and would be thankful and grateful is going to help you um, have someone who's actually going to stick around. Because I think I kind of rushed past this. That's why we get turnover. We get people who don't want, going to go back, they don't value oranges. They're like, no, we got to get lemons. Or no, we need pecans. Okay. But the job is for oranges. They don't value the the temper or the the rhythm or the pace of the job. Or I should say they don't value. They they prefer to do it a different way. They're not wrong for their personal reasons, but for the job that this is what it takes to bear fruit, close sales, magical experience, they're always going to be conflicting. And so what happens is we start to look at candidates before we're even super clear on the job we actually want to fill. Meaning if you built a robot, the robot would cultivate crops or, or phone calls and bear fruit or, uh, uh, and do the work and the activity that would, that would, uh, um, produce fruit every season or whatever it is. All right. So those first two questions, that's where most of our problems come from because we're unclear on the vital outcome and we only focus on the activity or we're too broad of like, Hey, I just need someone who's outgoing. Actually, I'll go back real quick. Uh, I once helped a major company here locally who was having a lot of turnover with um, uh, customer service that when something went wrong, they had lots of customers here in the Valley. Um, they needed this person to be polite, charming, upbeat, et cetera. Well, they kept turning over. They were hiring high energy, polite, charming, upbeat people. What was the problem? Well, when we went in there and we answered these questions, also known as a, a, a role benchmark or at the ideal profile, it wasn't a customer service job. They might've called it that. And I wasn't telling them to not call it that. It was a safety job. It was about protecting the people who called in, but also protecting the organization by following protocol. Imagine you call 911 and every 911 dispatch gave you a different answer of what you're supposed to do. There's going to be really big problems that way. You don't want a high energy person. You want someone who's very protocol driven. Again, we can do that, but there are certain people who are more wired to go by the book, follow the rules. So if you're not clear on that up ahead, you're going to be attracting all the wrong people. So hidden maintenance. Once you're clear on uh, the outcome, the activity, every job has parts of it that you don't really get credit for. But if you're really good at your job, you make the time, you do your homework, you polish the tools that drive the vital outcome. Sometimes I'm sure those of you who are managers or maybe even yourself, you're like, is that really the use of my time? Is, is changing the font on this profile <laughs> that uh, Mesa Cares is asking me to do really worth it? Sometimes yes, it depends. But again, it's the homework, it's the behind the scenes efforts that you don't always have to do. But if you're exceptional, I should say if the role is exceptional, the homework gets done, knowledge gets acquired, tools get cared for. Um, here's the difference. If you're an organization or a leader who has great training, you can train this to most people. But some of you are hiring for roles where you want someone to be a self-learner. That's a little harder to notice, but you got to be clear on, hey, can you learn our CRM? We don't, we're just going to throw you into HubSpot or Salesforce or whatever the, the latest SaaS is. Um, 
But if you're not clear on that homework, well, don't expect other staff to do it. Here's a flip or reverse. Sometimes we think we're hiring for hidden maintenance. Hey, you need to get certified to do this job. Okay, I got certified, but I'm not doing good. Yeah, because I'm not doing the vital outcome. Getting certified, doing the homework, caring for the tools, that matters. But if you don't mow the lawn well, if the customer's not happy, that matters more. One plays into the other, not the other way around. And then key communication. For you youngins out there, this is a phone. You used to call it and you were limited to what it was plugged into to communicate with other people. Since the beginning of time, we've always had to communicate, um, not necessarily effectively, but if you're really good at the job, Every role that achieves the vital outcome has key parties. Maybe they don't talk to talk to them every day, but if you're going to get your job done, whether it's a customer, whether it's another department, uh, or someone who reports to you, or someone you report to, maybe even all of the above, you have to effectively communicate to get the job done. These are people who are credible that you value. These are people. Oh, actually, I did not update this. Sorry. Uh, these this still kind of applies. But with key communication in a job, you're asking, okay, we got a salesperson or, or, or a, a, a maintenance worker. Um, who do they have to talk to to do the job well? And the answer might be not many people. I guess they talk to their manager you know, once a week or once a month. Okay, be clear on that. What do they need to tell their manager to do the job well? Well, they got to do reporting and da-da-da. Be clear on that because what happens is if they're not good at communicating, that's where the consequences happen. Customers are unhappy or you, the manager, have to pick up all that slack. Those of you who start businesses, you tend to be extrovert, outgoing people. Uh, you're happy to take a call, but chasing your employee is probably not your idea of a good time. Be clear on how you need this person to interact with you or actually say how this job needs to be done. EQ at the bottom emotional intelligence, emotional quotient, it helps, but it's not required. Kind of a dig at the human race. Most of us don't handle our emotions super great. That's why we get mad and we need team workshops. But if you have someone who's very good at reading the room, understanding your, your emotional temperature, the best time of day to call you, that definitely is bonus points. But just because someone's nice doesn't mean they're going to communicate effectively with you to get the job done. Um, and that's why you're not going to just hire every uh, Walmart greeter or Disneyland cast member. You need someone who can actually bear the fruit, but bonus points when they can communicate effectively with you. And then lastly, unique cultural ingredient. What is the company or leadership deal breaker? Meaning if they do all four, they can get the fruit, they can keep the kids alive, they can do all the things. But if they're not down with X, we'll have a problem. And we've had problems before. Um, so rarely is it, do you find that superstar that doesn't fit the culture? But if you ever have someone who's pretty good at their job, but you're like, they're so annoying. This is what you're, you're being unclear on. So you need to define it for first. Don't, ex, don't be unclear about the role conviction and then expect people to give you what you want when you don't know what it is. So by that, I mean, what's the truth about the company or the leader? Because they're kind of the same. Take, for instance, the White House. One president might run things a little differently. Same organization, but different emotion, different vision, et cetera. 
goes truthful for any organization, any nonprofit, any sports team. Fundamentals might be the same, but whoever's in charge sets the tone. And here's a put a positive spin on the negative. What do I mean by that? What do your haters say? You've had past employees. What's what's their complaint? Oh, it's too demanding. You know, we're, we're having to sell all the time. Okay, that's their opinion. Flip it. Well, it's a fairly competitive environment that uh, really expects uh, um, uh, high, I don't know, high assertiveness, et cetera. Be clear on that. Not everyone should like your company or job. And if you think everyone does, well, guess what? That's why you might have some turnover. Um, anticipate where there's going to be frictions. Otherwise, visual here with the band, people are going to be out of tune. And eventually, you're going to correct that. But until then, you're going to be really annoyed that they're playing off key. Um, so again, look for that negative perspective, but flip it on its head. It's okay. Not everyone should like your company or, um, or vibe or culture. Um, but as the leader, you should. We love the fact that you're a doer. We just don't like what you do. Now, I don't know too many leaders that have actually said this, but very often, you know, it's not a personal attack. Um, and we're like, wow, you're, you're good at that one, but you don't do this. Um, I've lost some jobs, you know, before I went out on my own. Um, and I didn't realize I was losing my job. It's because I didn't get the fruit. And in many cases, poor training, I blame them, but also I, I didn't know any better. I didn't realize what fruit, hell, I didn't even know we made fruit. That's on, that's on the organization just as much as it is on the person. But here's the thing. If you want to make sure you're hiring the right person, these five crucial questions, it's not about not liking an individual. It's being clear on the work you're asking them to do. And so your expectations are everything. And so often I hear leaders uh, blame, oh, they're young, they're millennials, they just want to be happy, or oh, they don't have their priorities. Well, you're the one who's attracting them. What do you want? What should you attract? Be clear on that first, because underperformance turnover, it comes from misaligned expectations. Definitely the performer. Don't get me wrong. On a different call, I blame the person for taking roles that they he didn't see this coming. You know, in hindsight, oh, all the tells are there. Well, that's part of your job as a job seeker, but also management. And I should really put leadership. It's a big difference. But leaders get busy. Pandemic, there's a lot of pivoting. Hey, maybe you even have an employee that works from home now that was in the office before. The job changed. Vital outcome might be the same, but the weekly activity, hidden maintenance, everyone needs to learn Zoom now. Um, and so a lot, uh, expectations do get misaligned. Um, and so it's not personal. It'll feel that way. But as long as someone does their job and you can trust them to do the job you actually care for them to do, you you you're happy to have them around or, or around, or you'll definitely miss them when they're gone. Um, but again, it's not personal, it's work. But if all you see is the person, all you see is their flaw, and you don't even know what you really want and what it takes to get there, your job as a leader or as a manager, I should say, until you figure it out, you will be a manager. But when you figure it out and you attract the right people and you set them up for success, that's when you get to spend more time leading because you trust them, they're thorough, and Hopefully, uh, they will be grateful, or I should say, they'll still stay grateful. So lastly, as always, mind the blind spots, career blind spot. This is the other side of, you know, a, a person takes a job, they have blind spots, natural, inevitable. 
Same thing with hiring. You know, I remember when I've got my first like real deal job, I was proud of 25. It was great. Well, I grew, I changed. Um, the job changed the job, you know, it, there was a different uh, election going on that, you know, changed things. It happens. So as a leader, as the person in charge, business owner have clear standards, in many cases, raise your standards. Sometimes leaders are, or I should say managers are unrealistic, but very often it's the standards are low. Like be clear, put in focus what you think this job, um, not what you think, what you know this job needs to get done. What fruit? Don't be like, oh, we can do apples or oranges. But now like, what do you need? Because especially right now, you have limited time resources uh, and you're hiring someone to really get something done. And then that helps you know the ideal ca uh, candidate who will love solving your problem. This tiger is thirsty. Not everyone's going to love every job all the time. But a lot of people who are job seekers might just need a job because they need a paycheck. It's not bad reasons. But if someone doesn't like their job or excel at it, chances are they're not like this tiger. Maybe they're like a full koala <laughs> and they don't really want to eat. You want someone ideally who wants to solve the problems that you're trying to focus on. And when that's out of whack, that's when you're dealing with all the excess. And then lastly, know the candidate's blind spot. Anticipate that friction is coming. It's inevitable. We're humans. Things change. Those of you who've um, been married or know people who are married, sometimes before you actually make that commitment, you go talk to a counselor or pastor or something to kind of address all the inevitable. Scary. Um, well, if you don't see any quote unquote shortcomings or blind spots, that's a nicer word, then you're being very unrealistic. Anticipate that someone's going to be in your sidecar and they're going to annoy you every now and again, or they're driving and they're going to go too fast, metaphorically. Um, but if you're not doing the first one, you're not going to know the second one. And number three, every great person is going to look like a great person and people you don't like personally um, might have been great. You, you're not looking to make friends with hiring. You're looking to hire people you can trust to solve a problem. So there's a podcast, Apple, Spotify, or you can go to the website, Career Blind Spot. No talent, no culture, no excuses. Thanks for coming. Hire smart. I'd love to help you. But in the meantime, these five questions should steer you or at the least reveal why things didn't work out in the past and what you can do and be more intentional about it for the future.